the few urban spaces which are available are uh, turning into dumping sites which uh, will be the ideal spaces where young people could access land to to do the urban farming so like. now many young people are mobilizing around this to change these spaces into into parks and uh, areas where we can do farming we know this is a human right issue food and uh, environment and uh, we want our communities to demand for this and proper infrastructure resources are put in place to enable this to happen now hello there welcome to the chakula podcast i'm your host felistes mwalio we bring to you all relevant issues and discussions about food in Kenya and beyond. We break down topics and dig deeper into day-to-day happenings in food and farming systems, giving a holistic view on the food we eat. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Chakula podcast. Today's conversation will be taking a different shift on food and farming systems. As we all know, Nairobi's population is expected to increase to 5.94 million in 2030 with a corresponding increase in waste generation. About half of the waste is dumped at the Dandora dam site. At the moment, it's a destination of over 2000 tons of solid waste generated by Nairobi residents only in today's episode we are joined by three young gentlemen from Dandora who have defied it all despite all the challenges in Dandora to ensure that they are food sufficient if not food secure i have charles lukania who's the project coordinator at growth for change he'll share with us more what growth for change is and what they do We also have Michael Lockoth who's an agronomist and also supports Shami Organics which is a project also under Growth for Change. We also have Charo Otieno from Shami Organics as well and he's the head of production. The three individuals who are with me today in the show are doing a very interesting project in land restoration and also trying to curb food insecurity and poverty in Dandora perhaps you can all introduce yourselves as Charles who's Charles besides you being a project coordinator at Growth for Change and maybe you can also share a few a few things on what Growth for Change does yeah i'm happy to be here today my name is Charles Lukania I am an environmentalist and also been working a lot in community organizing and uh, and uh, growth for change which is an initiative that is uh, working on providing food security and uh, improving livelihood in mostly informal settlements or uh, areas where people are marginalized and uh, our key focus for now has been on urban agriculture and other environmental projects and uh, for now under urban agriculture we are working to 
find the most appropriate uh, urban farming practices to promote where we have picked on hydroponics uh, technology where we are working with three groups in Dandora where we have Chami Organics which is a social enterprise and then we are working with Comgreen Solutions which is in Korogocho it's a community based organization then the last one it's uh, Easy Urban Green Grower located in uh, Babadogo Kasabuni so we will share more yeah i'll let my colleagues introduce yeah. themselves yeah, thank you so much for the introduction charles over to you michael because i know charles talked about chami organics and you're part of chami organics probably you can just share more on who you are and what you do at chami organics yeah my name is michael okoth omondi i'm the head grower of chami organics i'm also a fisheries and a marine officer and a researcher and a developer so that's uh, like the dwell on uh, agriculture we are focusing on ag urban agriculture mostly researching and developing new technologies that will enable us to grow more food and uh, a small space chami organics started as a company a partnership and uh, me and my colleague like during the corona period we decided on starting something that could impact the community and uh, we thought of agriculture because uh, there was a small space and uh, we had researched on uh, a few technologies and uh, with our previous background our previous educational background we decided to use the most uh, advanced technology of of, uh, of our decision of our decision so we decided that aquaponics and hydroponics is what we'll be focusing on and uh, we started the implementation of the project so so far we've uh, established uh, vertical farms from uh, recycling uh, plastic materials and uh, flat floating rafts that we use in the farm so it's a part of a ghetto engineering like we try to use uh, inexpensive materials to reach our goal of like developing uh, food uh, vertical vertical farms for increasing our growing spaces so that's what we did and that's what we are continuing to do so we are impacting the society through our hydroponics and aquaponics implementation at least to build on a agroecological development of uh, the community it's quite impressive what the both of you are doing. Yeah. Uh, yeah, over to you, Charo. Yes. Um, Charo Tiano from Chami Organics. I'm the head of production at Chami Organics. And apart from Chami Organics, I'm a full-time student. Mm -hmm. Currently pursuing my master's in agriculture and applied economics. Thank you so much. Yeah, I guess to set us off, it's because all the three of you come from Dandora. Probably you could just share with us and the listeners the whole context on how you operate in Dandora and why specifically hydroponics, why not farming on the soil? Is it that there's no space? Is it that the soil is also contaminated? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, we we would like to say in Dandora the fact that there is a big dump site. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are issues with a lot of pollution, and also the <coughs> there is a lot of litter all over on the on the roads. Still, uh, the county has not yet. Uh, put up proper mechanisms in terms of the management of waste that is coming. So as the residents of Dandora, we have been championing for clean environment and uh, working to push the county to to ensure they deliver on on that mandate. Another challenge has been... uh, yeah, um, maybe just to cut you short, is it that the litter in Dandora has really affected food production, food safety, basically in regards to food? Yes. Has the litter affected how you guys grow your food? How people, has it also affected accessibility to good quality food? That, uh, that has uh, affected because the few urban spaces which are available are uh, turning into dumping sites, which... Uh, would be the ideal spaces where young people could access land to to do the urban farming. So like. now many young people are mobilizing around this to change these spaces into into parks and uh, areas where we can do farming. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, what I can say is that since uh, most of the dam site is coming to that place. A lot of spaces is covered with the dump site, and these places, these spaces, is what we are trying to recover, and uh, try to transform it to regenerate it to try and use the urban ways of growing, and also impact the society differently from the dump site. So we are not using soil because the soil is contaminated. So our farming is soilless since mm. uh, the soils is contaminated with the lithium deposits from the battery mm-hmm. yeah other waste from the medical yeah medical dumps that are being uh, deposited there so th- those those chemicals affect the soil quality and uh, we cannot rely on their nutrients we don't know the composition of the soil and if it is favorable for for growth so that's why we decided to go for the soilless yeah uh, at least it 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 will control we have a controlled medium mm-hmm. yeah and we we use uh, like precision farming to try and uh, eliminate such incidences like we cannot like we know that using soil is a slippery slope like we can put the plants then we are not sure if we'll harvest the plant we are not sure of the yield because of the quality of the soil but uh, following the other methods like aquaponics and uh, hydroponics we are sure that this is the yield because the environment is controlled yeah, I like what you yeah. talked about, but I'm also just curious here because even I know what in terms of water, because the water is also affected by the dam site, and you guys do hydroponics and aquaponics. Where do you get your water from? Is it still the same water, or where do you get your water no, from? No, we don't use the contaminated water from the river. Yeah, we rely on the water from the municipal. Yeah, yeah. but we we also have a challenge because the water from the municipal there's chlorine. And chlorine is not good for plant or fish, mm-hmm. uh, for that matter. So we we like we depend on 
that water, but we have some mechanism to dechlorinate it so that you can use it for growth. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, and given that hunger, sorry, given that poverty is also one of the underlying causes of hunger, and hunger doesn't necessarily mean that when there's famine, that's when there's hunger, but we know that hunger, hunger is also can also be linked to affordability and accessibility to food. One of the reasons why growth for change, Chami Organics, why you also exist, I believe, is also to eliminate poverty through such projects. Yes. And can we say that there has been change and we really need to see cities being part, being part in a comprehensive fight against hunger and poverty? Yeah, we we would uh, want cities to take lead and also uh, provide uh, policies and uh, resources to enable this. Because uh, currently, as Nairobi, even uh, with the latest COVID nineteen, we uh, we saw we are totally dependent on external counties to feed our population. And uh, it means uh, we are not utilizing the available spaces, could be rooftops, could be uh, river spaces or uh, uh, walls. So we would want to push for this to happen through the building uh, sectors so that many of the available spaces can be used to for communities to provide their own food and be self-reliant. Mm. Yes. Mm -hmm. Anything else that the charo or... Yeah, so the vulnerability made us to venture into agriculture so that we may try to combat this. Since this technology can be portable and can be replicated in any environment, mm. since we it doesn't need that much space for you to produce vegetables for your family. Yeah. yeah, so the concept of kitchen gardens is what we're targeting to achieve by the hydroponics technology. So this would at least improve the dietary concerns of the households, which is the families around the dumping site. Yeah. Yes. Anything to add, Mike? Yeah, then we, like, we, we are a science and technology research and development like entity so our first thing was to like rely on that dam site to make the change so we we are targeting to get the plastic out of there then we mold them into like pre-made vertical towers and you see we when we have such a policy or something it's easy to replicate it in other regions like they will be relying from, they'll be relying on the recyclables that are molded to provide the technology to continue with the urban growth. So with what we are doing, we are using the ghetto engineering. Uh -huh. Like we are taking the things from the dam site, then it, that's what we are implementing into our technology to ensure that we are maximizing our growth. So with the, you can see like in our system with the floating rafts, these floating rafts are just west from the oh, wow. dam site. Okay. And that's what we are using to grow. Uh, the plastic, if uh, we can, like, it, it's for us it's just a concept, but we are thinking that we take the plastic, then from, like, we rely on a, another person who is molding, who can 
recycle it and mold it into pipes of different inches. So from these pipes, we make them to be the vertical farms. So we have the knowledge and the know-how and the skills. So we're just waiting for like to police to make it a policy. Yeah. Then we can stretch it uh, like we can improve our footprint. Yeah. So we started in the ghetto to try and at least give some people the inspiration that it's these things that they are take portraying as waste that can help us to achieve certain strides, especially in the urban growth. Yeah, urban farming. Yeah, you've all mentioned very interesting insights on the dam sites and the projects you're doing, but it's it's also very important for the three of you to also just share more with our listeners on how hydroponics, more on hydroponics basically, and when you talk about urban urban farming, kitchen gardening, people always assume that the yield you get there, it's also not really sufficient for you to also share with many of your neighbors. But in Dandora, when you're talking about fighting poverty, improving livelihoods through these projects, have you been able to see any change? Mm -hmm. At first, while talking of improving livelihood, mm -hmm. first we have to know whom are these people who are suffering from food insecurity? Mm -hmm. Yes. How many are them? Why are they even suffering from food security? Yes, we know the location, which is Dandora, where we are actually practicing our projects. But this then brings about the conversation, the discussion around why they even need the hydroponics technology. Since most of these people don't believe in agriculture as a way of improving their livelihood. Mm -hmm. So hydroponics is the best way to go. Like vertical farming, you can achieve a more number of plant growth as per the square area. Like basically, for us, we started with a prototype, which is a two by three meters, and it had a carrying capacity of 300 plants. Yes, so as compared to the conventional way of farming, you can see that we are actually targeting more numbers into a limited space. Yes. So on the technicalities and the applications, yeah, I can say like hydroponics is the most ideal that uh, we decided to implement. Yeah, because of the ability to recycle the water. Like most of the water, we know we are relying, we are in the urban area. So the water bills, the electricity bills, these are things that has to be footed in the process of the growth. But you see, this process, since it is a recycling process, a closed loop, we are able to recycle most of the water. So it's also a bit, like I can say it's cheaper than uh, using, than feeding the conventional way. Because yeah. the conventional way you have to, every day you have to feed the plant mm -hmm. with uh, more water and this water is getting absorbed into the soil. So it's we are not recycling it. So basically what you're trying to say is that hydroponics, it's like nature-based? 
Yeah, it's really nature like, based. Uh-huh. I, 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 both hydroponics and aquaponics. On the part of aquaponics, mm-hmm. the, the the fish waste, the fish water is what is pumped to the plant to provide nutrients. So you see, it's a natural process and it's symbiotic. So the fish benefits from the plants, then the plants benefit from the fish. So it's just that cycle that helps us to reduce our expenses, reduce our water utility and uh also on the part of electricity we can use like solar to go off grid so this project is like something that is futuristic to help us with our food problem mm-hmm. yeah and uh that's why we wanted like there's we found ourselves there and uh, the first place of change was the first place of charity was to begin there and see what the impact of the of the hydroponics will be the hydroponics and the aquaponics and so far we've seen that we are growing more mm-hmm. within a smaller space we are not affected by the soil bond pests mm-hmm. uh, within that so much of the activities that will have been affecting us in the soil growing process we are putting it under control in the in the yeah hydroponics process So it's definitely working for It's working for yeah, us. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Okay. Charles, yeah. anything to add? No, for for us we are uh, keen on uh, getting to know the feasibility and the effectiveness of of these systems. So we are very keen on uh, on getting the right data, getting to know what are the budgets that are required to be able to set up these systems and uh, uh, how long will it take to uh, see the return on the investment so that uh, we see the most simple and cost effective uh, approach that we can promote at most of the informal settlements so for us now our focus is more on the on the on the study and uh, we are getting to monitor and evaluate the whole process so that this will inform the the plans for 2023 yeah and uh, further support to more more groups and uh, more uh, businesses who who are already working on 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 such projects yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, we've been actually been seeing the country been alive talking about empowering and encouraging the youth many of whom suffer silently under the weight of food insecurity yes. and the high cost of living among other factors which we've also talked about space getting land in agriculture. And you as a young group have you also been able to see other young people embracing the whole concept and given the fact that you've also been seeing the government empowered been alive just talking about how we need to empower our youth has the government have you been able to approach the county government and see if they can support most young people living in Dandora, Korogosho, Babadogo just within the dam site in such projects we can say we have uh, approached the county mm-hmm. and they are one of the key stakeholders and uh, one of the key resources they are providing is mostly technical uh, guidance and uh, there have been a lot of challenge to access funds uh, for for many groups 
and uh, that is an area as a, as a group we are pushing the county so that we can ensure they provide the necessary resource because you can see to put these systems requires some capital and some kind of uh, startup costs to be able to enable the young people and women uh, run the systems and also trainings especially we need in the in-depth training focusing on how uh, we can maximize on the operations of, of the systems and uh, we see these things are, are are still missing at the at the grassroots yes yeah. yeah, thank you so much, Charles. Probably, I know as Growth for Change, Shami Organics, you all have uh, a bigger picture, basically, at the end of the day. Not really, how do I say it here? There's that one thing you want to see, basically, at the end of the day, the projects you're doing, the little, with the small projects which are really good in Dandora. So We would uh, like to say one thing, we want to see is uh, we want to see young people running their own businesses uh, and uh, they are making uh, a living from 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 farming so we are very keen to support them in that whole process to so, to to achieve this so maybe perhaps what you're trying to say is that at the end of the day what you want to see is that these gardens or or basically the hydroponic system being a means to achieving a certain goal. Exactly. Yeah, livelihood yeah, and, uh, and uh, all that. And uh, what uh, we are keen, uh, we hope to build like our own uh, market, market space uh, through cooperatives uh, within, within these spaces so that... Uh, we can be able to to support each other as uh, as young people and uh, be able to meet the gap that is there which we see in terms of food as a business opportunity for the young people to exploit it currently many big commercials or corporations are just uh, taking this opportunity and then they are importing food which we don't know or can trace where it's coming from but uh, now the government has already put some measures under cabs that is uh, enforcing to trace food from from the farm to the to the to the kitchen table and uh, we see and we want the young people to take a leading role in this and uh, see this as an opportunity to to establish themselves and on the dump site? Yes. Uh, on the dump site, we hope that maybe it will change. And uh, one process of bringing the change is through these methods. So we 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 know that uh, the green spaces are quite limited in the urban regions. But we see in other regions like Singapore and uh, other Asian countries, they are like adopting this kind of futuristic way of growing. In the rooftops, in the small urban areas, so it's something that is viable, and we also can try to adopt it. So we we, we are sure that since we are seeing its uh, viability, 
then the method of like multiplying it to be to other people so that it can be like an employment multiplier or something it's logical yeah so we are seeing that from what we are doing other people can do that and uh, we require now the help of the county mm-hmm. government because it's a matter of training and uh, what we have now because it's a bit technical for some people and like in convention or you just transplant or you put the seed then you water it and you expect it to grow then after some few time you add the fertilizer this it's precision farming so the people who will be adopting it they will require some knowledge about it about the management about the handling about the monitoring on every like everything that they will want to to do they'll need to know it beforehand Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we need their support on the training. Yeah, then on uh, creating more awareness, like, you know, on platform like this or other platforms that the national government or the county government can promote to ensure that many youths maybe get to hear about this and they follow suit. Yeah, if they can adopt it, then we are good mm. in terms of the food security in terms of relying on organic food and also yeah, poverty. Uh, reducing poverty improving the lives of the people participating in the agriculture yeah mm. so it it's it has many it's diverse it has many advantages yeah yeah okay interesting for you charles yes for me just i see a food secure society since we have the in our spaces it's only upon us to now get into work and rehabilitate the spaces since most of the spaces can be rehabilitated you and the there are many ways which we can recycle the organic waste since there is the issue of insects which we can use the black soldier flies mm-hmm. to make frass fertilizer out of it and also we can use it as animal feeds yes so with that i know we can achieve food security among the society okay quite interesting yeah yeah this has been a very interesting discussion and we are almost wrapping up the show yeah. any parting shots yeah for me my my parting shot will be we are uh, asking uh, any partner or someone who's listening and is keen to work with us uh, feel free to contact us mm-hmm. through our channels which is growth for change underscore v4c and uh, we will uh, respond and uh, see areas of uh, synergy because uh, currently some of the challenge we are facing is on on building on the our our research for to do action research that will inform our market study and uh, also looking into business development support for for the groups in terms of coaching mentorship and uh, we are also keen on uh, getting funds to understand the bio fertilizer which uh, is uh, part of a uh, uh, waste uh, upcycling project and uh, 
we are keen to do more investigation so that we are more precise in terms of the nutrients composition. And uh, another thing which we are keen is now once we have known the project we are doing is feasible, we will need uh, resources to make the systems effective and also scale up to make a bigger impact in our communities and make the change we require. One and last thing we know as, uh, as uh, our organization, it's called Voices for Change. We are focusing more on uh, making the voices to be heard from the youths, women, and uh, we are keen to work on advocacy projects, creatives, to communicate some of the issues, challenges, or, uh, or uh, express themselves uh, openly. And uh, that is a level we are keen to, to engage beyond the physical and actual production of the, of the farming. If there are issues where communities are being undermined or there are misappropriation of funds to do this, we want to raise voice, demand for what is rightfully ours. And uh, yes, and uh, we know this is a human right issue, food and uh, environment. And uh, we want our communities to demand for this and proper infrastructure resources are put in place to enable this to happen now. Yeah, yes. yeah I really like what you've said on the last bit. So for you, Michael, what have you not said throughout the session that you feel that you really need to say it before we wrap up the show? Um, actually, I've, I feel like I've said enough, but I'll just like want to express that we need to link with more stakeholders and uh, make this not just a matter of production or a household thing, mm -hmm. but we make it a policy, then we see on ways of progressively increasing the ability, our abilities to increase it so that we can increase our quality and our volume of food production. Yeah, thank you so much. Yeah. Charo. I can just say that hydroponics mm -hmm. farming and aquaponics farming is a proven farming technology. Yes. For us, it's working. Mm -hmm. Now it's upon us to create awareness. Yeah. Yes, we have to advocate for it, for people to adopt the technology. Yes, so since I know it will help in at least for the household to achieve good sustainability. Yeah, thank yes. you. Yeah. Thank you so much for joining me today and thank you so much to our listeners for listening in today. Asante sana, share, like, subscribe.